Hey guys, welcome back to the Passive Income Revolution podcast. So today's episode is going to be a little bit more serious. Um, at the timing of this, that this has been recorded, we are in the very beginning stages of the growing pandemic, I guess you would say, in the United States for the coronavirus. And it seems like a pertinent time to reach out and help other landlords and kind of go through some of the things that I'm doing with my companies in regards to keeping our tenants and also my employees safe. You know, we're all in this together. So I figure even though right now um, everything's kind of on hold, there are aspects of our business that can't be put on hold and you might be wondering what's the best way to handle them in a crisis like this. So today's episode, we're going to talk about basically a little bit of everything. We're going to talk about how to keep your employees safe. You know, how do you handle maintenance? Do you handle all of your maintenance requests? Do you kind of prioritize them? Do you put them on hold except for emergencies? We're going to talk about some of the things you should be communicating to your tenants right now, especially if you have rental investments that are multifamily where they're maybe congregated with other people. We're going to talk about obviously sort of the operations in regards to collecting rent and how lenient should you be? Are you lenient at all? And sort of talk you through these things so that you have a good understanding of maybe where you want to go in the coming weeks, because this is not going to be resolved tomorrow. It's not going to resolve next week. This is something that we're going to be honestly living with for probably at least, you know, three to six weeks. So we've got to figure out how we're going to operate our businesses during this time. One decision I did make this morning um, when it really sort of came to light in the past 24 hours, sort of how serious this is getting with schools closing and a lot of governments declaring national emergencies. One thing I did decide is that we are taking a break from marketing ourselves on social media. So my company, Brio Properties, is taking about a two-week hiatus from social media. Um, we're not going to do any promoting on there. We'll probably put a couple things on there about helping keeping people safe and little things like that, but it's going to be very small and it's going to be more about helping people um, and making sure that people have ideas and get information that they want, but I'm not going to be promoting ourselves at all for the next two weeks. We will still continue to market our rentals because that is our duty to our clients to get their places rented. Not that honestly there is a lot of rental traffic right now, but in our obligation to our clients, we still have to do that. So I wasn't sure when or if I was going to act in regards to the coronavirus and my company. Um, up until I'd say about mid-afternoon on Friday yesterday, um, I wasn't I wasn't ignoring the problem. I wasn't being lackadaisical about it or laissez-faire, but I just was sort of in this mode of, well, I don't know if I should do anything yet. But then when all the developments came from Friday afternoon and Friday morning, then it became obvious that, okay, I do need to take the time to look at my business and how I want us to operate during these times to keep not only my tenants safe, but my employees safe. You know, I don't want, I don't want my peeps getting sick. I don't want them taking it home to their families. And I also want to do as much as we can to keep our 
residents a resident safe because I don't want them to catch something from one of our guys. So one of the first things I did actually on Friday was I actually instituted a coronavirus protocol for our employees. And I really was thinking of the maintenance staff when I drafted this, because those are the ones that are honestly most affected by this. It's the people that are going into other people's units and touching their fixtures and having closer contact with them. So one of the things I reiterated to my employees is just sort of the logical aspects of germs. But I brought it home in saying that my expectation is that when you get done with an occupied work order, the moment you close that door on that unit, you are using hand sanitizer on your hands. You're doing that before you do your paperwork, before you make a phone call to a manager if you're supposed to. You are doing that on their front doorstep. You are sanitizing your hands. And I said, if you're going through a common area hallway, you'll still sanitize at the tenant's front door. And then you'll sanitize again when you get out of the building. I also recommended that they take the time to sanitize their tools if they can, probably about once a day. If they can't once a day, then realistically, maybe it's every other day or about twice a week because this virus can hang out on their tools for a bit too. And of course, I'm telling them that masks are, of course, appropriate if they feel like they need to or want to wear masks. It's nothing that they're going to be criticized for. It's something we're going to back them up 100%. And also, if they want to wear winter gloves, knit gloves, rubber, rubber gloves all the time, no matter what the work order is, you do whatever you need to do to keep yourself safe within reason. With my leasing staff, I just sort of reiterated the ideas about hand sanitizer. And then I also talked to them about how handshaking isn't a requirement of their job. So if they don't feel comfortable doing it, which they probably shouldn't, then they can simply politely say, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm avoiding bodily contact right now, but it is really nice to meet you. And I also told them that, you know, one of the best things they can do with a showing is just have a lot of ample space between you and the people you're showing. You don't necessarily have to be really close with them, spread out in the room, make sure everyone has their own space that they need. And that way you can limit your exposure in, in regards to airborne things or even body touch. Now, when it came down to office operations, um, that was a little bit different for, for my company because our office actually has very little foot traffic. I'm not sure if we're unique in that sense, but I'd say on average, outside of employees, we might get one or two visitors at most a week. So we really don't get a lot of foot traffic to begin with, but there was still some precautions to take because again, this virus can live on surfaces for you know, three or four days is what I've read most recently. So someone mailing in a rent check or mailing in a form that could actually have the virus on it. And if my office staff touches that, it's then on their fingers. So I have reiterated to my office staff the importance of hand sanitizing when they're touching things like rent checks, money orders, envelopes that came in the mail. After you get done with it, be sure you are sanitizing your hands. Because that's, if anywhere, my employees in the office are actually going to catch it because we don't have a lot of human-to-human -human contact. I am taking steps to curtail any human-to-human -human contact in the office. 
So we're actually switching back over to e-leasing, but we're doing it a little uniquely. We're actually still going to have a leasing appointment with the new resident, but we're going to do it basically via Skype. Our process is that before we send them the documents to actually sign, we're going to have basically a video conference where our staff is still going over the important parts of the lease and making sure that they understand it. And this I think is going to help because previously when we've done e-leasing, we've had problems with our rules not being followed. And then we found ourselves spending three times as much policing our tenants as we would have by just simply having a 40 minute lease signing with them in person. So by doing the web conference, we're going to be able to hopefully still reinforce the important aspects of the lease, but also keep both the tenant and ourselves safe. So if you're wondering how we're doing that, we're going to use a program called Zoom. Uh, if you don't want to use Zoom, you can, of course, use Skype. And then also Zoho has their own version of it. And of course, GoToMeeting well as another source. Uh, what I will say about Zoom is that it's actually free for you and one other person. And you are not limited on time for that. If you have yourself and two other people, you do have a 40-minute time limit on that call. But 40 minutes is still a decent amount of time to cover a lease signing and all the aspects of your lease. Now, tomorrow on Sunday, I'm actually going to adapt the maintenance protocol a little bit again. I have decided that we're going to start limiting work orders. We're only going to do the essentials and everything else will be put in a file. And once this has subsided and it becomes under control, we will then come back and address those work orders. Now, there's two reasons as to why we're doing this. Number one, of course, is to keep my peeps safe and to limit their exposure by going into tenants' homes and interacting with tenants. But we actually also have a policy where maintenance personnel do not go into a unit and complete a work order when there are only children present under the age of 17. Now, with schools here in Wisconsin closed for foreseeably the next two and a half, three weeks, that's a big deal for us because we don't want to put ourselves in any sort of compromising positions with our maintenance staff while the adults are still at work and the kids are at home because the schools are closed. So what do I mean by essential work order? Well, there's the obvious emergencies. So anything that involves uncontrollable running water. Um, here in Wisconsin, if a exterior door or window cannot be locked, that is an emergency if it can't be secured. Um, I think it's also going to include things like, obviously, if you don't have heat right now, we're still in more of the heating season. And then it probably includes something like if you have a light fixture that doesn't work at all, you know, light bulbs are obviously tenant's responsibility, but if you have a fixture that just doesn't work at all, we will address that. However, anything that is smaller, so if you have a doorknob that isn't working on an interior door, that's not something we're going to address right away. If you have an issue with a bifold door, we're going to put that in the pile to address later. We're going to handle all the appliance stuff I know as well. That's something that I did discuss with well, my husband, my husband who is one of my maintenance guys. So I did run a couple of this past him just to be sure that I was 
thinking of sort of the obvious things that should be addressed just to keep the units good and in running condition, but yet also be able to distinguish what wasn't important and what was. Now, anything that isn't deemed essential, it's going to go into a file. And when this crisis has subsided, we will then go through that file and we will basically triage our work orders. We will rate them in priority. So what's high priority, medium priority, and low priority. And we'll start with the high priority, go through those, and then so on and so forth. Now, it will likely take about three, maybe four weeks to get caught up depending on the amount of work orders that come in during that time that we decide are not essential. The reason it's going to take that long is because we still have our usual work to do. We still have turnovers to get ready to be rented out. We still have common area cleanings and yard work, things like that. So we can't just put everything else on hold and just get through these work orders. Now, we're going to make sure all of our tenants know that. And that's the next piece of this puzzle is the tenant communication. Communicating with your tenants is essential during this. It is essential in the sense of just acknowledging the fact that this is going on in the world and letting them know what you are doing to help stem the tide of it. And it also just makes them feel like, You're there and you're not just some machine or robot, that you are a human being. And right now in this crisis, that's what's going to mean a lot to our tenants. Now, my first memo to our tenants is going to go out on Monday. Um, I wasn't sure when exactly we were going to do that. I knew it was probably in the foreseeable future. But again, as things changed Friday and Saturday, I decided that it was time to at least address the tenants a little bit. Now, there is going to be two memos. The first one is going to be focused on sort of keeping them safe and letting them know how to handle certain things right now. It's really going to be more of a let's get through this together sort of memo. And then I'm going to have a second one. The second one is going to go into the work order situation about how we're halting non-essential work orders. And it's also going to remind them about Honestly, things like we expect rent. But let's start out with the first memo. Let's start out with the one that is basically about, hey, we're in this together. So in this memo, I'm going to point out the fact that we're still going to continue to clean common areas if there's common areas in their building, but yet they're still highly advised to wear gloves, sanitize their mailbox, use hand sanitizer immediately coming in from the hallway, And just keep precautions like that in mind. Maybe they carry a disinfectant wipe and disinfect the buttons on the washer before they press everything to make their laundry go. And give them simple tips like that, but also reminding them that, hey, we're still going to clean the hallways, but we are dealing with the same supply issues that you are. So it may be that at a point we might not have disinfectant. So we're just using degreaser. So if that's the case, then I want to be sure they're prepared that they should be sanitizing themselves regularly when they come out of any common areas, because we don't really have a disinfectant tree that we can like go get more disinfectant from. We're coming from the same suppliers that likely our tenants are trying to get it from. So I want to be sure that they're taking their own precautions to keep themselves safe because we can't guarantee we'll have access to the things that we need to to keep everything disinfected. 
And of course, I'm going to ask them not to congregate in the common areas and the closed hallways and remind them about social distancing, things like that. And just sort of common courtesy reminders to them of how they, how they really should interact and sort of try and navigate their lives during this time. So this email is very much like a hoorah-rah and we're going to get through this sort of email. It's meant to pep them up, let them know that we're trying our best and that we are still going to be here for them as much as we possibly can and do as much as we can to keep them healthy and safe. The next memo for the tenants, and this is likely going to be a little controversial, but the next memo for the tenants is the one that's going to get a little bit nitty gritty. Right now, tenants are going to be a little slow with paying their rent. They have other things on their mind. They may have family members that are sick. They may be sick themselves. Now, of course, if that's the case, we are willing to acknowledge that hardship and work with them, but we aren't deviating from our policy. And our policy has always been for about 18 months now, that to get any payment plan, you have to show proof of hardship. So I would like to see some sort of documentation regarding sick leave, um, maybe a positive test for COVID, um, maybe doctor's visits, ER visits. We need documentation that proves this hardship. Once we have that documentation, we can enter into a payment plan with the tenant, but we still need to have that payment plan in place by the 7th of the month. If we don't have that payment plan in place, then once their five-day expires, which was issued likely on the 6th, if that wasn't a holiday or a weekend, by the time that five-day expires, as long as we can still, we will be filing. Now, where we operate right now, there is no moratorium on evictions yet. And I know this is going to sound controversial, but right now is the easiest time we're going to have to get rents out of our tenants. Because the reality of a moratorium on evictions is, is that paying rent suddenly becomes extremely, extremely flexible because they know there's no repercussions and they don't know when the repercussions will come. It could be three weeks from then. It could be six weeks. It could be nine weeks. So they're going to be like, you know what? They can't evict me. I'm not going to pay them rent. So for us, until there is a moratorium on evictions, and I'm not saying that there will be in Wisconsin, but until that is in place, we're going to continue to follow our policy. And we're actually going to go a little bit heavier on our policy and we're going to be slightly more aggressive. Now, we're not going to deviate from the times and the deadlines that we have, but rather a more fluid deadline we have internally is that we start making phone calls on the 6th. Well, maybe because sort of time is of the essence in regards to a possible moratorium on evictions, since time is in the essence, we're going to start talking to people on the fourth day of the month and making those phone calls and making sure that they remember that, hey, you've got to pay rent. Now, some of you may be wondering, hey, what about late fees? Like, do we waive late fees? Should we just never charge them right now? 
We only waive late fees when there is a payment plan in place. We want to have that line of communication going. We're not going to just say, oh, don't worry about your late fees this month. We're not going to charge them and tell all of our tenants that. Because we want to make sure there's open lines of communication. And one way to do that is to let them know that if you set up a payment plan with us because you do have a hardship, your late fees will be waived. And that tells them, okay, they can be waived. But if I don't do the payment plan and I don't have the hardship, my, my late fee isn't going to be waived. Now, of course, this memo is going to be a little bit harsher. And because of that, it's not going to be the first one that goes out. I'm going to send out the first one. We're going to wait probably about a couple days, two or three days, because you've got plenty of time before the first of the month when rents are due. So we'll give it two, three, four, five days, and then we'll send out the other one as just a simple reminder. Now, also in this one, I'm going to discuss the new work order procedure. As part of the new work order procedure, we will be limiting the work orders to just the essentials. I will delve into explaining to tenants what the essentials are. And of course, I will say that this is in their best interest and our best interest to keep each other safe and to prevent the further spread of this virus. I will also say in there that when you do have a work order, number one, make sure that we know if you're going to have minor children at home and when we can go in when an adult will be present. Two, let us know if someone in your house is currently sick or has been sick in the past five days. That's something we definitely want to know so that our personnel know that going into the repair so that they can take the necessary precautions and just be cognizant of the fact that, okay, I want to be sure I don't touch my face when I'm in here. I want to be sure and have enough distance between myself and the tenant and the occupants and just be able to keep themselves safe in the back of their minds while they're completing this essential work order. And of course, I'm going to explain to them how we're going to triage work orders and how we're going to rate them by priority and how they won't all be done magically within the first week or two. That based on the level of work orders that we get and the length of sort of this more or less quarantine, that's going to determine how quickly we get through the non-essential work orders. It's key to making sure that tenants know that their work order is not going to be forgotten and that they are going to be handled based on priority. And that's actually going to continue even with new ones. So as new ones come in, and maybe we've just started getting back into work orders, as we're going through the old, new ones that come in, they're going to be triaged. You don't just go to the front of the line because you decide to call it in after we decided to do all work orders again. No, your work order is going to be triaged. So if it's a low priority, it's going to go in the low priority pile and we're going to get to it after we get done with the high and medium priorities. So I want to make sure that tenants know that, that they don't think anyone's going to be skipping in line or anything like that. The last thing I want to recommend is you take about 30 minutes out of your time and create a hardship letter for your tenants, an assistance letter. Uh, it's possible you've created one of these before because a lot of landlords, I know, I am one of them, we have a pre-written letter ready to go when a tenant says they're going to have trouble paying. And in it, we obviously go over what our protocols are for hardship payments, but also we talk about the places they can go to for assistance like local community action and other charities like that. Well, in this sort of circumstance, 
they're likely going to have a harder time going to charities, any sort of community action program, because they're going to be overlogged with requests right now. But that doesn't mean that there isn't other options for them to relieve some of their burden right now. Many credit card companies and other loan entities like car loans are actually offering some sort of hardships for people right now. They can call and make other arrangements. So include that in your letter. Also include anything you know that's going on in your state with your utility companies. Here in Wisconsin, um, our governor's been rather proactive. He's taken away a fair amount of the leeway that the local utility companies had in regards to charging late fees or disconnection of services. He's being very proactive and making sure people don't have disruption of services during this time. So take a few moments to Google all that and put it together in a letter for your attendants and just email it out to them. They will appreciate the fact that you have done this research for them. It will give them other places that they can go to for assistance. And it also helps them know that you truly are thinking of them and that you aren't just here trying to collect rent and that you don't care about their situation. Because right now, the whole point of this podcast is that we have to be a little bit more compassionate and accommodating than we normally would. And in many ways, we have to go a little bit above and beyond, like more than we normally would. And that's one of the ways that you can do this is by doing the research for them and getting them this concrete list and basically cutting through all of the malarkey and the overloaded information that exists right now, everything in the news outlets. So the next podcast is going to be actually kind of a continuation of this. It's going to be very, very timely, and it's something we haven't talked about yet, which is payment plans. So I'm going to talk about the five elements of a payment plan, what you should have in there to protect both you and the tenant, and what helps you create clearer expectations and get a higher rate of return on that payment plan. So please stay tuned for that episode, because I think a lot of you are going to be in the situation in the next couple of weeks where you'll be creating payment plans. I know we are already, so I'm assuming that for all of you out there, it's coming as well. Stay safe and healthy until then. I'll talk to you guys later.